Tune into the Josh Terry podcast brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors uh, Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Two Pilots Distillery, Nobles Networking, Project K9 Hero, Mega Knife Co. on Instagram. Go check them out. Tell them Josh Terry sent you. Uh, Grid Iron Coffee. Go look up my folks in Nashville, Creative Vets. I love you guys. They're not a sponsor for the show, but. Uh, I just love those guys so much. We have to include them at the beginning of every show. Um, and also, y'all go support and vote for my guy, Mr. Bruce Thompson, here in Georgia, who's running for Labor Commissioner. He has helped us so much here at the studio. Uh, he's a guy that you'll run through a brick wall for. Our management and our distribution company, Red Circle. Y'all know how ticky I am about songwriting and songwriters and singers and performers and every once in a while somebody sends me somebody that uh it's a pleasure to meet and uh i'm just getting to know this fella right here i got listened to some of his music last night and i've had several folks that have uh tried to connect us and we're finally getting to do a show together i'd like to introduce y'all to mr Corey lane i am saying that last name right right i'm bad lane, with, yeah. I, i'm bad with names dude dude so I, man some people say Corey laney i've been called courtney land <laughs> I, don't even, I don't get it <laughs> well as long as long as long as they're saying your name at all in some way shape form or fashion i guess you ain't doing too bad right exactly. um somebody i think very highly of a uh, miss kim up in nashville uh she uh messaged me about you several times now and uh oh, really? she, she knows how i am with songwriting and uh the people that uh that's in like my circle or whatever up in nashville when we're up there and um I'm weird about folks when they send me demos and everything or when they send me their songs. And I usually, I'm not a dickhead about it, man, but you know what it's like when you've got a hundred different people sending you stuff all the time. Like it's hard to, I don't, yeah. e I don't ever like to be the guy that's like, well, this isn't good. Or I don't know what to say to it. Coming from working in country radio, you, you just never know what to say. You don't ever crush anybody's dreams or whatever. Or you right. don't, or you don't, if it's bad, you don't know how to say it's bad. Not it's weird. But when they sent me, when she sent me your stuff and uh, I took her, I was like, okay, I'll go sit there and listen to it for a minute. I was like, this is good. And then last night you sent me another song and I was like, yeah. Oh shit. This guy, <laughs> this guy's pretty fucking solid. Like I, I I'm, down with, I'm down with this guy and what made it even better. And it just kind of worked out divine intervention or whatever. You've got a song coming out tomorrow. Uh, I guarantee, yeah, midnight, midnight tonight. It actually drops. Why don't you tell them about that and tell them how they can go pre-order it right now and help you out <laughs> and all that good stuff? Uh, uh, well, the song's called "Bend or Break." Um, 
it's basically it's a life lesson song. Uh, when I when I did the song, it was more of a um, I held on to that that intro for about twelve years, and um, I mean I couldn't write you know I couldn't write it for twelve years and uh, came up here. I got with a good buddy of mine, and I was like, man, look, I got this song. And uh, I said, I want to let you listen to the first part of it and tell me, tell me what you think. And when I let him listen to the first part of it, he was like, holy crap, Corey, we got a song about Vietnam and, and just a life lesson, you know. And, um, but it, it turned out to be really good. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, we, we're releasing it at midnight tonight but what, what we're trying to do is get everybody to go to itunes not apple but itunes and buy it pre-order it for 99 cents because we can debut it on the itunes charts because when i wrote it we wrote it as a bluegrass ish song so we put it in the bluegrass category and um so we're trying to get just as many people as we can just to go. It's only 99 cents. And, uh, you know, the more buys you get, the more, you know, you're likely to have it on uh, the charts, basically. And uh, But it's Corey Lane, C-O-R-E-Y-L-A-Y-N-E, bend or break. And, uh, folks, I'll tell you why it's important for a couple of different things to be sitting and talking about. One – uh, I sit here and I tell y'all all the time, one of my favorite things in the world is a, uh, a struggling musician. I'm not saying that you're struggling, Corey, but, <laughs> but, uh, I love the drive and somebody paying their dues when it comes to music. I love when people yeah. actually put in their time. Uh, there's a lot of folks that, uh, streaming has screwed musicians time and time and time again. And when you put out a damn good song, you know, sometimes yeah. I say sometimes every time a musician deserves to be rewarded uh so yeah. so guys go and pre-order it right now and it being in bluegrass he's got a chance because there's probably not a whole lot of bluegrass songs coming out tonight uh right. for him to be the number one in bluegrass tomorrow so that's big for him and uh they would just be cool. I think tonight, whenever we get on our lives and everything and promote our merch and the show or whatever, we'll push the shit out of that for you too. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, we, I, I believe in everybody working together, having a community, uh, you know, I, I, when I heard some of the stuff that you played and some of the stuff you already sent me, um, it, it's, uh, you, if you, you don't, I know you don't know me good yet. I'm an asshole. And, and the nicest and the nicest way nicest way possible though like i believe i believe in real country music me like, too and what you put out is real country music what my yeah i don't, yeah. I don't like that pop crap yeah i, I don't either i don't either it's not for me uh now i've got friends because they've got publishing deals you got to write what you got to write to get a paycheck but when you get to do your own thing when you get to put out what you want to 99.9% .9 of the time my my friends are doing traditional country music cuz that's what that's what right. we love. And right. uh and we we really need more of that, man. We 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 really do. I agree, man. Look, I you know, I have uh my mentor I got a mentor in country music and uh you were talking the other day. Uh I actually I, I you know, I don't get into TikTok land. 
I'm not one of those artists. I, I, I'm an artist that I've been doing this for, you know, I won a worldwide singing competition in 2003. Okay. okay? So uh, I've been doing this since I was four years old. Where my daddy was putting me on a chair and he would do this and say, now go, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and he would, and if I didn't hit, hit it, he'd just keep on doing it over and over. That's the only vocal stuff I got. But, uh, you know, Paul Overstreet is my, my music mentor here. Okay. And he wrote, he wrote Keith Whitley's song, um, when you say nothing at all yeah he wrote love can build a bridge he wrote um ton of like three randy travis hits uh killing uh digging bones digging up bones and um i a bunch of stuff man and you know paul he wrote the tanya tucker song uh that's delta dawn yeah you know and uh I, I listen to people like that because I'm, I was raised in the mountains. I was raised in the hills of Tennessee. I wasn't raised in the city. I live in Nashville, but by God, you give me a, give me a minute and I'm going to be on the outskirts. You know what the, I'm saying? The fact that only proof that anybody needs that you're telling the truth right here is the fact you just said, by God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, shoot, man. Look, I mean, uh, my grandfather, he played on the Grand Ole Opry. His name was Wayman Lane. He played with Lil Jimmy Dickens. And I don't, I don't conform to Nashville. And I think it's why I kind of get a little bit of, you know, like I, I've got, a, I've got a show in Wichita, Kansas, July twenty fourth. But Nashville is is so different. It's changed so much, man. And you know, it's nothing against the people, but. And because there's some real country artists here that are trying to make it. And you now I've got a song called Let's Take Tonight, the one you listened to last night. Dude, that's a that's a number one hit. That's a hit. Oh yeah, and dude. There's no doubt. Yeah, uh, you know, and I let I've let many people listen to that song. And I was talking to Cody Johnson. Uh me and Cody Johnson were talking for God, I don't know how long. And he said, um, I said I want you to hear the song. He said, and he was like, good God, I've never cut a, a divorce song, but God, that'd be, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, let me just tell you something. Stay independent as long as you can, yeah. you know. And I've done all this on my own, man. Get, I've got all these strings. I've never had to pay for the strings. I've got the following I got on my own. You know, it's just drive. You know? well, you, well, you don't. I used to. When I worked in radio, I used to say all the time, yeah, you got to go to Nashville. You got to go to Nashville. Right. Then when I got out of it and I realized how, what a club it is. Like it, oh, yeah. it, it, it's such a club, but I think you've got the good and bad with that. I, I, for the longest time after I was very jaded on Nashville uh, yeah. and, and some of like the politics that came along with it. For people to be together and write some really great songs, you do need an environment. Nashville makes sense to be around other great writers. Like, oh, absolutely. Th that's, yeah. the, that's the only reason to me Nashville even still makes sense because the the old traditional shit that me and you sit here and love, it's, it's gone. I, it, it's gone. Yeah. It's, 
far as that style of Nashville being there, you can find it, but you got to go way the fuck. You got to go over to Opryland. You got to go over to Music City Palace, scoreboards, shit like that. Like you got to, you got to do that. Like you're my buddy Blaine Bunning is about the only guy on Broadway that actually (laughs) plays fucking traditional country music, and you you can see it on his face when somebody comes up. The other day we was there uh, doing some shows, and somebody comes up and. This this gal, uh, one of these fucking bachelorette girls, and they were like, uh, we want to hear Tennessee whiskey. And Blaine says to her, it's like, do you want to hear George Jones's version or you want to hear Stapleton? And the girl was like, I don't care. And well, Blaine said, well, fuck, if you're going to give me the option, we're listening to George Jones. Yeah. And uh, you just don't get that everywhere. And I appreciate the people that like that side of Nashville. Like, you, you still can make – and when you find those people in your group, there are still people that are still pushing it. You got people yeah. like me that have an independent studio that still get uh, a good bit of streams. Let's be in the top 1% podcast in the world. We push traditional music. We have artists that come in here and we try to give y'all a place to where, you know, radio, unfortunately, they're going to play the fucking Kane Browns of the world. Right. He's from he's from near my hometown. Yeah. And I just uh you know, not knocking the fella. He yeah, ain't, he, ain't no. he, ain't, he, no. he ain't he ain't for me. I talk a lot of shit about him, but also I had to have one of my buddies at one point in time. He's like my big brother, he's a songwriter in Nashville. He told me, he's like, You got to quit talking shit about Kane Brown. Cause if he wants to buy one of my fucking songs, I'm gonna sell him one of my songs. Like my yeah, <laughs> like I and I was like, Oh shit, that that does make sense. Right. And, and then, like, uh, here recently, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bobby Pinson or not. Um, oh, yeah. So, Heck like, yeah. last so last week I was up there. The Thursday night I was there, I ended up getting drunk with Bobby Pinson and a couple more people and getting invited back to his studio and watching the sun come up with him. And uh, oh. it, it was a good damn night. And you walk into Bobby Pinson's studio, and he's a good old boy just like me and you. And when you walk in there and you see these number ones and you see these other songs that he's cut and you're like, you can't put yourself in a box. You can't just say that you're going to do one thing. You got to do what works. You got to do what you, who you're writing with at the time. And like, when you see somebody that is so fucking good as Bobby, it it makes you kind of rethink like some of your ideas on it. You're like, well, maybe I shouldn't be so fucking jaded, but I still, I still, with what you're putting out and what other folks putting out, I think it's my job to push y'all stuff. And I, I think, I, and I think I'll let the rest of the world and country radio push what they want to until they get their shit together and they listen to folks like you and uh, some some more folks that are traditional country. I tell you, I mean, like you know, I'm 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 considered traditional country slash 90s country yeah uh but uh you know i got there's this guy out of muscle shows alabama he he was he's a radio dj and he he said man let me hear your stuff and he he was like oh my gosh you know what in the world and i said he said why aren't they knocking on your door and i said well i mean why ain't they knocking on tyler children's door no shit you know what i'm saying yep Cause he's real. And, uh, I, and when I write, man, I write real stories. I'm not right. I'm not making stuff up in my head. I'm writing from experience, everything that I write or co-write or whatever. I'm, I'm wanting 
experience in my life to go into that. And I think, you know, like with uh, Real as the Rain or Let's Take Tonight, those are the two most streamed songs that I got. But then you got that gum. I got a country song with tuba on it. Yeah. It's that Muscle Shoals sound, you know? I mean, it's just, I was, when I was raised, I'm a preacher's kid. I was, my dad was a preacher. All right. So I was raised a preacher's kid. So I got country soul, you know, that Jesus in me, and then mixed up with some journey and daggum uh, Hank Williams singer. How how old are you? Because you sound just like me. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just like two years older than you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And well, I actually my birthday was May the seventh. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. My I'll go and tell you. Uh, I sit here and I argue with folks all the time because they're like you. you you know, my favorite music to sit here and listen to is I'll, I'll turn Aretha Franklin's greatest hits on. Love and, it, man. And I will let Aretha ride. Aretha, her voice is the most beautiful voice I've ever heard in my life. And then right there behind her is Muddy Waters and then Elton John. And it's, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, how do I go from loving those three and being able to listen to anything that they do to the next thing that happens is I'm wanting to sit there and listen to Keith Whitley because Keith Whitley, as far as country music goes, is my all-time favorite. King of I, country. Yeah, absolutely. If he if he doesn't die, I made the video the other day. If he doesn't die, I love George Strait just as much as the next fella. But Dean yeah. D- Dean Dillon gives all them songs to to fucking Whitley. Uh, it's there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I, and the the rest the rest of those songs that somebody else ended up blowing up. They don't. They don't blow up off of them. I mean, there's. No. They, I mean, there's. There's so many of those. If you go through Keith's catalog, the the songs that blew up after he died because somebody else did them. And I, I mean, I, me and you, obviously, I'm 87. You're what, 86 or 85? Uh, 85. All right. So it ain't like we'd have known how big the damn song was back then or not. But it looks like if you look at his albums, every fucking song was damn near a number one. This, it was the number one for somebody else. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. You know, I walk in, when I go, I, I went to Paul's uh, not too long ago, and I just asked him, I said, man, what's it feel like? And I, I've i never met a more humble yeah. uh, man in my life, just to be honest with you. And uh, he'll shoot me texts. You know, last night he shot me a text at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And it was just of this video of something or whatever. But I said, uh, what's it feel like to, to have all these hits under your belt and all that stuff? He said, man, you know, and guy's almost 70 years old. He don't look like it, but he's like, man, you know, really, it was just it's I just got lucky. And uh, he said, I was just fortunate and blessed to be able to have this talent and be able to write the way that I do. And, uh, I just actually, I got a new album out. It's called the, the album's called Bender Bray. And, uh, uh, Paul Overstreet took some songs out of the archive that nobody's ever heard. And I cut two of those on there. He sent me a song the other day. And let me just tell you, I started crying the first two lines of the song. It's a, it's one of those type and I'm cutting it and yeah. uh, we're going to do it at his house. 
he's got a studio at his house and uh or a couple studios i reckon and uh i mean it's just it's real music man and when you say you sit there and listen to muddy waters aretha franklin and stuff like that that's kind of like me saying i'm sitting here listening to teddy pendergrass oh uh, yeah muddy waters too uh etta james and then i go all the way to the opposite spectrum but what people don't really realize is country music started with people like muddy waters that's just the daggum truth yep i mean muddy waters is a country singer i don't care what anybody says he's just he's just got the soul yeah and Well, well it all it all too it originates from from some form of gospel like and mm-hmm. and if you kind of go back to to the like whether it was country, it was R and B or soul or whatever, is if you've got that gospel underlying to it, oh yeah, it's always something different. It's always a it's always a banger, man. And yeah. I think I think the names that you just mentioned, especially Etta, people just because they all they want to focus on those two songs by Etta, but Etta is just a beast. Well, and, let me just tell you this: if you if you listen to you you were talking about Tennessee whiskey, yeah. Now, if you I, I, nothing against Stapleton, whatever you know, he's a great singer, yeah. And uh, he sang in a group of a friend of mine for years. Uh, Steel drivers, Steel drivers. Yep. Yeah. Boy, that's the shit there. Yeah, they they're good. Yep. Tammy, Tammy, Jeff, and Tammy. Jeff produces my all my stuff. Is his uh, her husband. And me and Tammy actually wrote a song called Superman. And, uh, but, you know, when you, when you look at Tennessee whiskey and you take Chris Stapleton's version of Tennessee whiskey out, and then you just take the vocals to Etta James, I'd rather yep. go blind. Yep. It's the same exact song. Yeah. Same progression and everything. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is, dude. It's, it hasn't changed. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some things are just too good to fix. <laughs> so, who, who, I don't know how. I don't know how people get away with it. You know, either, either you got enough money, you either got enough money, or somebody, right. or somebody's in the right pocket somewhere. All I can say, yeah, exactly. Because there's no way. I've heard so many people talk about that, man. I mean, it's and it's so clear. It's it's so blatant right there. Oh, yeah. It, I'll sing it over the top of it. Oh, yeah. You, you mean, don't have to change anything. I was talking to this girl. Um, now, this girl out of California, She's we're actually going to do a mashup of that song. And uh, I, she didn't realize it. And I said, listen, you know, and I hit, when we hit play, I started, uh, I said, you used to spend my night out in the barroom. And then she's and then she started singing the Etta James line, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Yep. You know, it was great. It's really cool, man. Yeah, it's smooth, dude. It it is smooth. Um, so you you said a while ago, it kind of interests me when you said it. Uh, you said you won a, a talent competition back in the beginning of the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a worldwide singing competition. Uh, so I when I was seventeen, it was uh called Teen Talent. And uh, when I was 17, I think that was in 2002 or something, 2000, it was in 2002, I guess. Um, I represented the state in the, in the United States competition. 
And uh, after that, I went to the international competition. And that was held, that's back when the RCA Dome was standing, or when the Indianapolis coach used it. And we had the international competition there, and I won male vocal solo out of the however many people, you know, whatever. And uh, got a full ride scholarship, everything like that from it. You know, country boy Corey decided to be a rebel and go ahead and do something else instead of take that music scholarship. <laughs> and uh, I just, I mean, I it just what it wasn't. It wasn't for me. I, and I, uh, you don't seem like the type, and I mean that with all due respect. I don't seem like that. It seems like I just was talking to somebody about this. Oh, it was the last show I did. That that's not always the road for everybody, especially for certain musicians. Certain certain musicians yeah. have to fucking you kind of got to go through some hard times to end up being able to write the songs that you write. Like you you yeah. you you can't have a pretty life, and then if your voice or your heart or whatever is made to write those songs that rip you out, you got to live through some of that shit. And in, yeah. you know, going to music school and me sitting here looking at you, eh. I don't see how that fits you, brother. It wouldn't, no, have, fit, but it, it wouldn't uh, have fit me either. Well, I got a story. And I, I mean, that's the thing about me is that I actually have a story to tell people. I actually, I try to help people as much as I can, to be honest, because of my past. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I used to do things that I'm not proud of. I was, a, you know, I, I was a drug addict. Uh, I, you know, I started I'd break people's kneecaps, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for, you know, it was just, it was just crazy. And, um, then I had a, a complete life turnaround, man, just to be honest with you. I, I, I OD'd, blacked out at the, at the, at the wheel. Uh, and I always say that, you know, God put a fire hydrant in front of the highway because I was going about 65, 70 mile an hour. And my truck, when I blacked out, it barely went off the road and the highway was right there. And I could have killed so many people that day. And uh, when I hit that fire hydrant, man, I went up and over the airbag and my face was like, a, you know, them things you put your hand in and it looks like a, it does the molding to your hand and metal things. Yeah. That's the way my face was in the windshield. So I crushed, you know, I broke all these bones in my face and uh, got a little bit of brain damage. It affected my left hand. Uh, I went to, I've had a hard life, but I had an experience. And I, you know, a lot of people don't believe in God. And if you don't, you don't. But I always try. And I, you know, almost died eight months ago from COVID. Uh, I was in the hospital. They tried to vent me. I denied getting vented. and basically the doctor said, well, you're not going to make it through the night. And I had this, this uh, respiratory therapist come in and uh, he said, uh, you know, we're going to save your life tonight. If you'll just breathe into this incentive or uh, spirometer all night, then it'll pop these things called uh, AVOLI and that'll release oxygen into your lungs. And I fell asleep for 10 minutes. And when I fell asleep, I came to, to alarms going off and my heart rate was at 250. My oxygen had dropped like to 39 and 
all these doctors and nurses were in the room and I looked and this lady nurse, some crazy stuff happened anyway, but this lady nurse knelt down and got in my ear and said, I'm about to give you, I'm going to administer something to slow your heart rate. But while I'm doing it, I'm going to pray in your ear. And I told God, I said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll give you glory in every single thing I do. I said, I won't do anything in my life for any more without giving you glory. And that's what I do, man, is I tell people my story. I give it all to God because, you know, I, I, you know, after that wreck, there was a man that pulled over to the side of the road. And every time I tried to see his face, it was like looking at this blinding light. And the only thing he said to me, and it was right before he left, he actually took his finger because I had a, I've got before and after pictures. He put his finger in my face, literally with water and he touched bone, I, everything. And uh, he says, is there anything I can do for you, son? And, uh, and I was mad and I said, no, no, you know, I was hurting and stuff. And uh, I decided that day to go to or, about three days later that I was going to go get some treatment for what I just went through and uh, stayed gone, uh, left for a year and then left rehab. And uh, when I left rehab, I was gone for, uh, I was out in the snow for three days because nobody wanted me to come home. Everybody thought, oh no, he's going to be the same person, you know, all that. And it's just nuts, man. This guy, after the third day, I said, God, I just give up, man. I give up. And this old man pulls up and I look up and he's just grinning. And same exact voice said, is there anything I can do for you, son? And I just lost it, you know. And I got in the car and uh, he just, he started telling me how much he loved me the whole way. And at first I was like, hold up, wait a minute, pull over. I I ain't that type. But he said, he grabbed my chest and said, Corey, hold on. And I had never, I hadn't told him my name. Damn. And, uh, that right there, that changed, I mean, that changed my life, man. And, uh, I remember going home and, uh, when I got home two days later, I ended up going to jail because I went to rehab for a year. And, you know, when you go to rehab, you get behind and stuff. And I, I have, you know, two kids that I, you know, support. And um, I ended up getting by. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust. So I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. I'm because I was in rehab, but it's either a clean daddy or a dead daddy. I had to make a decision. And um, when I was in jail, I said, God, when I get out of here, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, relapse and I'm going to you know go back to using cocaine and this this and that and then all of a sudden i look at on the floor and there's a bible laying on the floor and i was like oh gosh and i walked over to the bible and i 
laid down on the concrete floor in the cell. And I opened up to Jeremiah and Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. And uh, it said, Jeremiah was complaining to God and he said, why is my pain unending? Why are you to me like a brook that never ends? Why don't, basically, why don't you hear me? And, uh, and then it said, God said, if you'll return me, re return to me, I'll restore you and I'll make you my mouthpiece. And I said, I was like, well, God, does that mean you want me to talk to these guys about Jesus or something? And <laughs> because I had just been through a Christian rehab and, you know, I'm pastor's son. I, I toured with a, a gospel artist for years and, you know, I, I just, I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. There's like 22 or 23 guys in the pod and 21 or 22 of them ended up, you know, we did two months every single day of just me teaching them about God, 22 or 23, I think 21 or 22 gave their heart to God in the jail say, or in that pod. And we were known as like the most peaceful pod in the daggum jail. And this is the county jail where I'm from, and everybody knew how my past was. That's the craziest part. And uh, but no, man, I ain't never been a sense and same sense. And um, I really I got back into music uh, after after the wreck. Uh, and then when I almost died from uh, COVID, I said I told God I, I said I'll make you an oath, and I, you don't make an oath to God that you don't keep. Uh, and uh, I said, I'll make an oath to you. If you get me out of here, I'll give you glory and everything I do. And that's what I've been doing, man. And doors have been opening. I was able to go on Mike Huckabee show. I got called by Larry uh, Black from Larry's Country Diner. I was able to be on that show. Uh, Rhonda Vincent played that day. And then Larry introduced me to Paul Overstreet. That's how that relationship happened. And then it's just, it's nuts, man. It's just crazy. Well, well, what's great, dude, I, I, it's just funny how life works out sometimes. We get so stuck in our ways, and we just have to, like, understand that we're not always where we want to be, but we're always where we're supposed to be. And sometimes, like, we have to learn the lesson in the moment. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a failure. For too much of my life, I viewed things <laughs> that – I viewed things that if it didn't work out for me or if I didn't succeed, it was a failure. I don't, right. I don't have that mindset anymore about anything. It's yeah. what can I learn from this to make the next time something like this comes up better. It, right. it's, it's a stepping stone. Um, I, I talk about this all the time on the show. I believe that there are preachers in this world, man, and there are warriors in this world. Yeah. War, warriors are what me and you are. I, I, I have a very like rocky past from the age of 18 to 22. Uh, I was locked up a couple times at rehab detention centers. Didn't do any hard time or anything. Like I think five months combined overall for a DUI uh, and yeah. some other bullshit or whatever. Uh, and it may, it gave me an understanding though. It, yeah. it, it gave me an understanding of the other side of life that I would have yeah. never got. And it also took me to where, like, I was lost at one point in time in my life, really lost. I, I knew God, but I didn't know him the way that I needed to know him. And it was almost where I had to have an understanding of what my mission in life was. I knew I was never going to be a preacher. I, I knew that 
where my faith is. And my faith is literally talking to the people that are the same as me. I, I, I have to explain to folks, if I go into a church and that preacher is squeaky clean, it's not that I won't listen to him, but I don't identify with him and he does nothing for me. It's not, exactly. that, he, he, it's not that he can't save my soul, but it's where it would take him way, way more than you giving your testimony and showing that you still have faith after all your scars, like that you still yeah. have faith. So when folks like me and you share our scars, we share our trauma, we share our bullshit. We make ourselves to where we literally are putting all of our stuff out there. It makes a certain crowd of people look at us and then look at themselves and be like, Hey, I've made some mistakes in my own life, but if these guys can still love God and still yeah. have faith in God, and there's a peace that's obviously over them about that, then maybe I need to look at something and I need to ask them questions or I need to ask God questions. Well, you and, know, Jesus, in my opinion, would be the first person to sit beside you in the bar. I think he would. I, I, I guarantee you. I, would. I, yeah. I mean, God, Jesus wasn't the type of person that would walk into the church and just be like, I mean, look who he hung out with. Yeah. I mean, that, freaking a, bro. That, that Johnny, I swear to you, I was talking about it last night when I was drunk. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a bad problem with my dad. He, uh, and I get, it, I get it from him. My yeah. dad, when he would get drunk when I was little, he would start playing gospel songs, some old Elvis gospel, some Hank Williams senior gospel, whatever. And it's ingrained in me. But mm -hmm. I really, as much as I like Elvis, there's only a couple gospel songs I can take from Elvis. But, oh, yeah. but Johnny Paycheck has a song called The Outlaw's Prayer. And, and when my day comes, they're going to play Outlaw's Prayer in church for me because yeah. that, that song is what I think most churches are that yeah. they that's more about the contents of what you got on the outside the car you drive the stained glass window what you paid for the fucking suit you have on instead of the content inside your heart and yeah. <laughs> and and that's why i have a problem with so much of it one of my friends dude uh nick haynes i don't know if you know nick he's a songwriter i know, I know nick, that i know his name nick's a good old boy he just put out a song a couple of months ago it's called angels in a bar and i think you played it last night i uh, probably <laughs> I, had a, I, I had a good time last night um but uh, yeah so i love the concept of that that you think Jesus would be a guy to sit beside you at a bar because I think he would. I think he would reach out to those people that are lost. You don't necessarily find lost people in church. You find hypocrites in church that don't want to admit they're lost, but you right. find you find the person that's at the bar that is lost. It's ready to it ready to change. That needs something. They're at a bar looking for something and they can admit, "Hey, I, I'm at the end of my rope here." Or they're having right. a, or they're having a good time and they'll just listen to you talk. Uh, but people right. in church are so fucking stubborn. They're they're so stubborn and set in their ways that if me and you were to walk into a church dressed like we're dressed right now, they would look down on us. And the bad thing is, is we probably got just as much faith, if not more, because more. of the things that we've been through, and we can yeah. still put our faith in God. You know, I actually my church, I actually lead worship at my church believe it or not i could believe it and and the thing the thing about this it, you know when i went on the tbn for huckabee 
I had so many comments about my tattoos. I can't believe you'd let somebody come on your show and talk about God with all them tattoos and this, this, and that. And all I could say to that is I'm a temple with stained glass windows. You, when you said stained glass windows, yeah, that's what I tell them. I'm yeah. just a temple. I had a little 12 year old girl change my life years ago when she said that, man, because I'm covered in tattoos and I, you know, I used to be ashamed to go into a church and you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they're going to look down on you. you oh, know absolutely. That, yeah. And, you know, and I, and, and God looks at the heart. He don't look at the outside of a man, but you know, I got about 300 and something tattoos. I'm covered, yeah. but I, I, I had this 12 year old girl or something. I 11, 12 year old girl walk up to me <clears throat> at a church that I was singing at in South Carolina. And she said, hey, don't let them people bother you. You're just a temple with stained glass windows. I like and I that. said, man, God, you I, know. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't say it to me because my fat ass is a crybaby. Oh, I would, I would <laughs> cry. I'm a crybaby too. Now. I'm a crybaby, brother. I am too. You listen to songs I write. Then Hey, look, I'm I, can't, cry, baby. I can't write nothing happy. I don't know how to write anything happy. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I, can, I, I can I can write worship songs, uh, but when it comes to experience, life, all that, uh, every time I play, I tell people, when I write, I write from a real place yeah. where, where I've been. And most of my life, it's been hurt. It's been let down. It's been, you know, all this cheated, jaded, whatever you want to call it. And so I write about it. Yeah, but see, that's country music to me, and not just country music, but that's real music. Not that's, that, yeah, <laughs> it, that's that's where I have to tell people all the time. Uh, people come around me that aren't music fans, like because I'm not a TikToker, I'm not a social media person. I hate the shit to be honest with you. But when you own your own business and your own studio, marketing is is one oh one. You got to yeah. do the stupid shit you don't want to do. Exactly. Uh, you, you have to. I just, you know what? I say the hell with it and I do it my way. It either works or it don't. But you get these people that like tomorrow, I'm going up to Atlanta to do some stuff with some folks. And uh, I had to explain to them when they came to my studio before and I was playing music while we were drinking, hanging out. They were like, you must be the saddest, most depressed person of all time. And I'm like, why do you think that? And it was like the music you fucking play in. And I was listening to Keith Whitley and Earl Thomas Conley and George oh. Don't and I and I had to sit there and I was like, look, you don't understand. It might be depressing and sad to you, but I'm listening to the story and how beautiful the song is. This it's, is yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't a sad song to me. This this isn't at all. What this is is a drinking song. This song is a, a beautifully written song. I would rather listen to this stuff. Then listen to anything that is happy, that doesn't have heart, that doesn't have con like, doesn't tell a story. Everybody, right. uh, you know what? The older I've got, I, I mean, you you probably hate it just as much as I do now. I used to take friends in low places, one of the best songs ever, until I got around <laughs> good fucking music. And I yeah. now I think some of Garth Brooks, which I've always thought some of Garth Brooks' songs were ones they never released as a single or anything. Anyway. 
But it's like, how can somebody sit there and listen to friends in low places when you've got Cowboys and Angels that never got put out by him? Right. Or you've got Alabama Clay that never got put out by him. Or, right. or, or Lonesome Dove, which is probably my favorite song by him. And it's like, people don't understand that. So when you write stuff like that, it's real. And it connects yep. with people. It's not even necessarily a sad song. It's it's life imitating <clears throat> art imitating life, or however you would say it. You it's, know, it's my, real life. Yeah, my wife asked. I, I I told her one of my favorite songs is Earl Thomas Conley. Uh, it's the third hardest thing, thing I'll ever do. do. And she's like, "Why is that?" I'm like. Listen to the story. Good I mean, God. it's real. He's being real. Yeah, you know, uh, you got, you just got. I'm a storyteller. Yeah, and but I'm telling stories from my life. Yeah, and people, and he's he was telling a story from his life. That damn old song he's got. Uh, what I, what I would say. Yeah. Oh my God, my brother, my brother Lee Tucker does uh his own little his own little rendition of it, man. And I'm telling you, you can hear the hurt. Lee's a year or two older than you. Uh, but you can hear the hurt. You can hear the heartbreak. You can hear everything in this man's voice. When it's, if when I bump into you, I would tell you to go to hell. When that line hits, you don't get that in like certain, you don't get that in music that's not from somebody like you or somebody from the, the folks that, that that mean you don't know that don't put right. their heart and soul into music when it becomes right. when it comes just a paycheck and it stops being the thing that you love and the reason why you did it in the first place yeah it's not it's not what it's supposed to be anymore dude and uh conway twitty is a prime example to me conway is one of the most underrated singers uh songwriters of all time i mean blake shelton did one of his songs but if you listen to Conway do his ver his version of it, uh, goodbye time, goodbye time, yeah, dude. I, now I, I I think Conway wrote that, or he wrote it with somebody else. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but <clears throat> the heart behind it, the story behind it, you know, yeah. everything that has a story is worth listening to. Yeah, exactly. I 100 agree. Conway is one of my faves, man. Uh, and then and then you got Ernest. I'm just gonna be straight. Ernest is a bad motherfucker, dude. That guy right there, he knows how to write a song. Yeah, a story too. Well, what I like about him, what I really like about him, is he doesn't do it for. He's almost like he's breaking the mold, in my opinion. He's kind of going about doing shit his own way, and yeah. he he's not where he's like following a template or anything like flower shops and everything else that he's doing with Morgan and Hardy and everybody. I think those guys have said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do this our way. And it's not where it's pop. It's not necessarily super traditional, but it's got just enough to where if you like pop, if you like traditional, yeah. if you like whatever, you can like classic country and you're going to like that shit. It's, yeah. it's very hard for anybody to sit here and say, I don't like Ernest. I don't like Morgan Wallen. Like it's, it's very hard. You don't get that. I love yeah, what, I, I love what, I love what they're doing. It. I, I didn't think, I thought Luke Combs was going to be the guy that was going to be on top and be number one for like the longest time coming. And those three working together. 
Oh yeah. no, no. They, no they, I want to. Yeah. I want to get in a room with them, and I want to get in a room with Ernest one day and just say, "Hey, buddy, let's pour it out all on the table." Hey, look, <laughs> our, our podcasts are like neck and neck, so it's not. I, I promise you, I am going to bring him so much weed whenever because I'm not. I'm not far. We're not far off. Like I just got done playing in a creative vets golf tournament up in Nashville. We played with like, uh, oh, yeah. uh, with Aaron Lewis and jelly roll and some more folks. So we're right there of like being put in the same like atmosphere is like hanging out with those folks. And, uh, I'm telling you first time I get in a room with that dude, I just know what he's got. It's going to be like having a conversation right now between me and you. Yeah. Now I don't know about Morgan. I, I, I still, I'm still trying to figure that guy out away from the music. Uh, he's kind of confusing to me, but I think he, I think what it is, they got so many people showed up his ass that he has to act a certain way, but I think he's a good old boy, just like us. He's just got to act a certain way. Well, he's from East Tennessee too. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. But I think, I think Ernest, I think we could sit around. I think we could drink too much. We could overindulge on other things and Ernest be the coolest motherfucker ever to sit there and just pop off ideas with next thing, you know, you got a number one. Oh yeah. I, I you know, I, that's to me modern day country songwriters he's in my opinion he's he's on top uh he's one of the top one of the top ones uh yeah he's definitely i noticed when i went down music row the other day before i left town there's about five or six at different uh different buildings were Um, they singing uh flower shop no, it or, was no. I'm talking about like where they put the signs out of the oh, yeah, the, yeah. the current songs that are cut or whatever from that publishing company or whatever. Uh, uh, um, and of course you got Big Loud that's got him blasted all over it. But like you had <laughs> Ernest, you had Ernest's picture in so many different places, and it was kind of weird because because yeah. then you're like, I thought this was just Morgan's guy. I thought this was just Hardy's guy. But now he's his own fucking guy. And then my brother was at Key West Riders Round with a bunch of our yeah. buddies this week and um, Key West Riders Retreat. And Morgan, or in Ernest is headlining one of the nights while he's down there. And like Lee is in the front row and Ernest is putting on a fucking banger of a show. And it's just like, okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for anybody like this that took the little bit he was given. Yeah. And has said, you know what? I'm running with this shit. I mean, you know, I, I, I am running with it. I, and I, I agree, man. And I'll tell you though, I, you know, I'm, I haven't been given anything yet. Yeah. But it's coming. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. I, and, and this is just bottom line. I'm going to, I will make it in some capacity in my own, even if it's in my own daggum way. Yeah. In country music. Cause I do my own thing too. I don't conform to nothing. I don't care. Um, I, you know, I get up on the stage in front of thousands of people and I'll talk about Jesus. Then I'll sing about divorce. You know, I mean, that's just the way I am. It's just the way I, it's, it's who I am because, you know, I just, I want to do what I want to do. Well, when you realize that that might be what the good Lord set you here to do. It you, is what that, that I did realize. That. Yeah. So, see, that, that's the same thing with me. I quit trying to conform to what anybody else wanted me to do. Like, yeah. 
working in radio, doing this, whatever. When I decided I was going to go on my path that I thought that was custom built for me by the good Lord, whether it made sense to anybody else or not, if I seem taboo to people, cause I'll sit here and drink and I'll talk about God or whatever. I don't care anymore. Like I know, yeah. I know that it's my path because good things keep happening to me. When you right. have to worry about whether it's your path or not is when bad shit happens. Right. If good stuff, if good stuff steadily happening to you, then that's like him giving you another Easter egg. Keep going exactly. this way. Keep going this way. Keep going this way. And, and you know, my buddy Sean Scott White, he wrote, he's wrote a couple of songs for Cody Johnson, and uh, he said, he he actually called me one day and he said, "Hey, I got I got a couple of hours. Meet me." And I said, "Okay." You know, we met at Shoney's, and he said, "Feel like God wants me to tell you something." And I said, what's that? He said, show up. I said, what do you mean? He said, for everything, just show up. And since he told me that, dude, I've been showing up. And it's just like, to me, it's like God just said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give you a door. I'm going to open it and I'm going to latch it open. Keep, uh, put a lock to where it's held open. And I'm going to see what you do with it. So every single door I walk through. Like I'll walk through every door that he opens and I don't care what it is. If, it, if I feel like it's a door that God opened for me, I'm walking right through it. I don't care. And, uh, <clears throat> hate me or not. I, I don't care if you hate me. Well, dude, it doesn't matter when you have the mindset that you're sitting there talking about having me and you both have an understanding that a lot of people don't get. You're talking about, god and he knows the past the present and the future when you put when you put your faith in that and you walk by blind faith you are set you have a peace that comes over you so it almost feels like i already know i'm making the right decision even if i kind of fuck up right here maybe i'm messing up for the right reasons i messed a lot of things up for the right reasons yeah (laughs) That's a fucking hook right there. <laughs> Guarantee it. I, I, I right. said it here, so me and you need to write that. We, so. uh, yo, no, hey, we will. You, you, hey, we'll set up that call. That is a good one. Oh, shit. That is, that's the, <laughs> or if anybody's listening to this and I oh, hear that hook, yeah, that is, I'm uh, coming after you. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I missed <laughs> it. One of us needs to write that down right now. Great um, mark right now. Yeah. Copyrighted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is time. This is time stamped. Uh, Five twelve nine thirty five. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, 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 don't touch that shit. Um, yeah. well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, dude. Let's play your song that is coming out in just a couple of hours, and then let's release this by ten o'clock uh, tonight. That yeah. way, they've got two hours to go ahead and uh, do the pre-saves and all that kind of stuff, and then I'll get yeah. on live and do all that kind of shit. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll, all I ask is that we'll they go it. to iTunes and buy. Yeah, I not, want to. not Apple Music. <laughs> iTunes and buy it, folks. Y'all heard him. So play it for us real fast. Give them, you don't have to if you don't want to play the whole thing. You want to give them just a tip. You can <laughs> just a tip. Back up just a little bit when you do it. That way, it's not. Uh, I'm back. There you go. Is that good? That's better. All right. Let's see if I can sing it right now. It's actually a little faster, but this is the way I wrote it. I once met a man who met a girl in 66. They fell in love so fast, 
they weren't expecting these nine months down the road they were having their first kid life sure has its way of breaking us all in it ain't easy <laughs> no it ain't easy She was busy changing diapers. She went out to check the mail. Uncle Sam called up his number. He was going to be there. He went by to see his grandpa. Man scared to death. He said, Paul, this ain't fair. And the old man shook his head, said it ain't easy. Oh, life ain't ever easy. Don't be so sure of where you're going that you can't see the road ahead. Keep your heart wide open. The Lord might have a bigger plan. That storm that you see coming don't mean that it's the it may just be a blessing that you don't yet understand. Some of the choices yours to make. You can bend or you can break. I was standing by the casket, saying bye to my granddad. This old man walked up beside me pay his last respects he said i'm sorry for your loss and i can feel your pain i saved his life in a shawl valley he saved mine in the name and this ain't easy oh son this ain't easy so sure of where you're going that you can't see the road ahead keep your heart wide open the lord might have a bigger plan that storm that you see coming don't mean that it's the end it may just be a blessing that you don't yet understand some of the choices yours to make Bender, you can break. That afternoon after the service and the final prayers were said, I was sitting at the table with my wife and our two kids. And suddenly the struggles that life had thrown my way disappeared with all my fears. It's gonna be okay. The choice is up to me to make. I can bend or I can break. The choice is up to us to make. We can bend or we can break. Bend or break. That's a that's a fucking song, son. 
It's that, just real life, buddy. That is a song. <laughs> that is a song, brother. Well, um, well, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to get together uh, again, do this. Um, we do songwriters rounds all the time when I'm in Nashville. So next time I'm up there, uh, yes. I'd like to invite you on with some other artists to sit around a table and uh, nope. let's record a songwriters round. I think that uh, that everybody would love you. And uh, man, I look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. And uh, anything Appreciate we can do to push the new single or anything you've got coming out, please let us know. Drop your social media handles real fast, and uh, I'm gonna oh, get out uh, of here. So yeah, uh, uh, Facebook is Corey Lane Music. It's C O R E Y L A Y N E Music. Instagram Corey Lane Music. TikTok Corey Lane Music. Uh, everything Corey Lane music by God, or you can go to CoreyLane.com. I got these hats. It's a pick with my face in it. And then I got the bend and break t-shirts with the, the pick and the face on the back. And, uh, I got the new, the new album, uh, too on there. And it's, it's fire, man. I'll tell you, it's good. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Everybody that that would go to iTunes and just it's only 99 cents. That's it. 99 daggum cents. And uh the next single I got coming out though, that you want country by God, you're gonna get country. It's called Paul Overstreet. I cut it, it's his song. It ain't my song. But it's called Between George Strait and George Jones. If you don't send me the damn demo of it right now, we ain't friends no more. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm up, as I'm uploading this episode, I want to listen I'm to actually, it. I'm actually, I'm waiting on the mix to come back. <laughs> I recut it. So I'm waiting on the mix to come back right now. So, uh, yeah, that'll be the single after this one. This single is Bender Break, though. All right, brother. Well, I shall appreciate it. And uh, Hey, thank you, man. Anytime, brother. Appreciate Folks, you. Well, by God, thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry <laughs> podcast. Y'all go uh, download and pay a dollar for this man's song on iTunes. Let's make it number one tonight. And uh, y'all do it all day tomorrow and until uh, yeah. as long as we can. Folks, I will catch y'all later. Thank y'all.